Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Holy crap, times are crazy, huh? A lot of media publications don't know really what to do right now, but the Chicago Reader has thought of a fantastic idea for them to raise them some money. It's the Chicago Reader Coloring Book. Yes, you can get a coloring book from the Chicago Reader. All kinds of Chicago City statues and things around the city that you can color, like a coloring book. I think you know what a coloring book is. You can get two versions of this, okay? You can get a PDF version, or you can get a hard book, like an actual copy of the book. You can find out the prices at chicagoreader.com forward slash coloring book. Once again, chicagoreader.com forward slash coloring book. The Chicago Reader is always free every week. And if you want to help out the kind folks at this paper, go get the coloring book and color in it. And maybe send one of the pictures that you colored to the Chicago Reader. I don't know. It's all up to you. It's the Chicago Reader coloring book, chicagoreader.com forward slash coloring book. Your Ben Jarofsky show for... Friday, March 27th is just moments away. But before we get into that, we got to thank the following unions for jumping on board and sponsoring this podcast. Unions like the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, Local 126 and District 8. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local 9 are sponsors, as well as the International Union of Operating Engineers, Local 150. A giant thank you to those unions for jumping on board and sponsoring this show. And of course, today's Ben Jarofsky show is brought to you by our good friends at the Chicago Federation of Labor. Benny J, give us a song of the day. Well, you mentioned the curls. Let's do the curls. Like a fool. Yeah. How about that? Huh? Like a fool. Love the curls. The Ben Jarofsky Show starts now. It is Friday, March 27th, and live from Ben's attic, (laughs) this is the Ben Jarofsky Show. Today on the program, it's another Romana Rundown with Chicago Sun-Times editor Romana Hussein over the phone. (laughs) The Chicago Reader's Tracy Bain will join us over the phone. And the Heartland Mamas make their return over the phone. And now your host, he plays air, bass, <laughs> drums, guitar. Chicago Reader columnist Ben Jarofsky. And he plays it over the phone. Hello, everybody. Ben Jarofsky here. We're calling this Lori Gets Tough Friday. And here's why. Mayor Lori Lightfoot closed the parks yesterday. She had no choice. She said the people of the city of Chicago had let her down. Well, this story was breaking yesterday, D, as we were still in the air. and We talked about it. But uh, since then... Big news, front page news, both newspapers. 
Lori Lightfoot, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, is mad at the people of the city of Chicago. So she had to close the parks, lakefront parks in particular. So many people clogging the bike path. So many people playing soccer. So many people playing basketball. So many people on the walkways that it was an open invitation to the coronavirus to come on in and infect everybody. Now, let me just say this. I agree with Lori Lightfoot. I agree that for safety's sake, we should limit access to the parks. Whether we should just completely close them? I don't know. It's like, is that going to have collateral results that we don't want? We'll talk about that later. But I absolutely have to limit access to them. Maybe stop people from driving into the lakefront parks. Maybe that would cut it down a little bit. But yes, I do not in any way disagree with her decision. However, I just want to raise one question. Why didn't the mayor and her top aides realize this was going to happen? Now, follow me in this, folks. I've lived in Chicago for a long, long time, and I know there's something about Chicagoans when that first nice day arrives. They lose their freaking mind. But Chicagoans have been inside for January and February and much of March. We've been confined to our homes, not just by coronavirus, but before that by the weather. It's cold, it's wet, it's dreary, it's snowy. You know, even with uh, climate change... Winter is no joke in the city of Chicago. So we're all pent up and frustrated and sitting in our houses at that one nice day. You know how it is, Chicagoans. Anybody who's been in this city for more than one or two years know what it's like. Boom. Everybody leaves the house. Doors fly open. I'm on my bike. Wee, woo. Suddenly they got the rollerblades out. Rollerblade haven't done that in like six months. They're flapping around. They rush to the park. I mean, we all know what it's like. Anybody who's been in this city, and I've been in this city since 1981, you know, like that first nice night, everybody's in a car. Have you noticed that, D? Like the streets are packed. Car, suddenly the impulse that people have to get out. Yeah, I've seen it happen so many times. You smell weed everywhere. Yeah. That's something else. That's in the days when it was illegal. People were doing that. So we all know. We all know that's how Chicagoans behave on that first nice day. Tuesday was Perhaps the nicest day of calendar year 2020. It was a beautiful day. Now, this is gonna strange, it's gonna sound strange coming from me, because I'm not a guy who follows the weather. Everybody who knows me makes fun of me. Like if suddenly it's raining, I'm like, God, it's raining. And they'll go, uh, duh. Uh, Tom Skilling talked about it yesterday. Didn't you watch the weather? So for, this coming from me is, you know, I admit that um this is a practice, uh, do as I say, not as I do thing, because I don't follow the weather, and usually I'm stuck without a, a, an umbrella when it's raining, or I'm wearing warmer clothes than necessary when it gets really hot. But I know that most people aren't like me in many ways, and this is, and particularly in this way, most people follow the weather. I have to believe there was somebody in the mayor's office who was following the weather, one of those people who looks at the weather on his or her phone, and we know there's a lot of them. Oh, my God, my phone. They're up to date on their phone. Like, Dennis has got a little of that. And they, they, I knew it was going to rain yesterday before oh, dude, I did. I'm always following the weather on my phone. Yeah, like Dennis said to me yesterday, I need a parka. I go, why? It's not raining. Uh, it could be raining tomorrow. Hello. <laughs> okay, so I gave him a parka. Point is, there's got to be someone in the mayor's office like Dennis who followed the weather and would have said, uh, to the mayor, hey, boss, 
might be a good idea. This would be Monday, the day before Tuesday. Might be a good idea. No, actually, I'm sorry. Tuesday, the day before Wednesday. Might be a good idea if you, you know, put out an alert saying the parks will be closed to uh, cars because there's probably going to be a lot of people flocking to the parks. I don't know. You know, it might be a good idea. Nice day. First day. People are going to be flocking to the house. Nope. Apparently, nobody thought of that. Nobody looked at their weather channel. Nobody looked at their phones. And so what happened? Chicagoans flocked to the park. Now, I share Lori Lightfoot's irritation at the people playing soccer and the people playing basketball. We talked about this yesterday. I'm with you 100% on this one, Mayor Lightfoot. People who got together to organize a soccer game or a basketball game because it was a nice day, never taking a moment to think about why everyone's available to play because you're off work, because we're trying to limit, limit social closeness. We're trying to promote social distancing so we don't all infect one another. Oh, you guys, are you off today? Yeah, I'm off. Let's go play soccer. Hey, how about a little uh, two-hand touch? <laughs> like, oh, that name's I just... mean, I can't even make fun of the uh, the kid down in the, from Cincinnati, went to Florida. I was like, oh, Corona, man. If I get it, I get it. Because apparently... There's a lot of dumb people in the city of Chicago. So I'm with you, Lori. Mayor Lightfoot, I am with you 100%. Watching those knuckleheads play basketball and soccer in the middle of this pandemic. Whoop, there goes the train. We'll get to that in a little while. Uh, and you see anybody in that train, D? I don't know. We went by awfully fast. I couldn't uh-uh. tell. Uh-uh. So I can understand your frustration with Chicagoans. I would say it's the sight of those guys playing soccer in the middle of the pandemic are, are those folks playing basketball in the middle of the pandemic is maybe the single stupidest thing Chicagoans have done since, oh, they reelected Mayor Rahm in 2015. That may be actually the all-time record. I don't get, even playing soccer in a pandemic is probably less dumb than may, reelecting Mayor Rahm in 2015. <laughs> oh, you know, because he put a sweater on. Oh, he's a nice guy, Take Patty. a chill pill, man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, just thinking about mayors. I was just talking about this with Delmarie Cobb, my good friend Delmarie Cobb, and uh, we were just shaking our head that Chicagoans re-electing Rahm in 2015. Anyway, Chicagoans thought it was a good idea. Yeah, great mayor. They did such a bang-up job closing schools. Let's re-elect them. Uh, anyway, I digress. Going back to dumb things that people are doing right now. Well, so Rahm's a hell of a bike rider. I just biked around Lake Michigan. <laughs> Say what you want, all right? How many miles was it? Nearly a thousand miles. Wow. Did you talk to anybody about health care? <laughs> no. Remember that guy's Mayor Rahm this summer when he said he went on a bike ride around Lake Michigan and not one person talked to him about health care. Yeah. Uh, so that was his way of undercutting Bernie. You know, Rahm, a big Joe Biden guy. A oh, heck of a pick on the uh, presidential candidate, Boy, that, uh, Rahm. Smelly guy in the bike shorts had a real good point about uh, health care. Hey, health care. Like, we don't need health care. Of course not. We don't need. Who needs health care? Right? We love our private insurance plans middle pandemic we don't need health care mayor Rahm. good job with joe biden uh mainstream dems anyway where was i oh yes uh dumb people in chicago so laurie i share uh your <laughs> irritation with them but come on be honest you should have seen this coming you knew it was going to be a warm day you knew how chicagoans react when that first warm day you know how they flock to the beach, they flock to the bike paths, they bring out the rollerblades before it's, t- they're all flopping around. I mean, you knew that was going to come. 
So I, there was just something about the tone, D, that I found irritating. You know, like there's a picture of her in a bright one, uh, and it shows her holding up a photo, like proof, exhibit A, of people on the lakefront here. And in fact, uh, there were helicopters flying over the lakefront. The, the news guys, there they are, the people of <laughs> Chicago. They're on the lakefront. Breaking news. It's warm. People in Chicago. Yeah, that's what Chicagoans do when it's warm. Oh, my. We've got a soccer game going here. <laughs> Soccer game footage live at six. God dang, Chicago. You know that's what Chicagoans do. Listen, I'm not from Chicago, but I've learned over years that first warm day, Chicagoans act really weird. They just run outside. That's what they did uh, this week. I had a nice day. By the way, it's, Thursday was horrible. It was rainy and ra- nobody went to the lakefront. You could you didn't have to close the lake. No one's going to the lakefront. As a guy who goes to the lakefront on a regular basis, I can tell you right now, there's only a few freaks out at the lakefront. Hey, come on. <laughs> like me, you know. I freaks. was gonna say we probably got some lakefront listeners, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, you know, they're like me. Some freaks, you know, <laughs> walking around the lakefront in the rain. There's just a few of us. So, you know, there's no real need. Yeah. The, the the bright ones headline said sometimes. But come on, some love for the headline writer. My oh, writer. what's the headline on this one? What a difference a day makes. Um, because the day before, the headline showed people frolicking on the lakefront. Remember that one? There you go. And Not uh, a pun. Way to go, sometimes. Well, it's a song, actually. I will now sing it. What a difference a day makes. 24 hours. Da, da, da. Who sings that? Uh, I believe Natalie Cole. Don't quote me on that. Oh, wow. um, <laughs> I know. There's nobody out there. That like... was very random. <laughs> there's absolutely nobody out there who knows that song. Cause nobody's as old as me, but I love that song. Yes, indeed. I love that song. Anyway. Uh, that's an old standard, by the way. She's probably by no means the only person who's done that. So what a difference a day makes. Yes, the, sh- the, the, the photograph shows one straggler walking along the lakefront. One guy walking along the lake- hey. lakefront. <laughs> it's Joe Biden. No, it's Robert Mueller. <laughs> that's correct. Uh, and it says trail closed, but to, due to hazardous conditions, keep out. So, you know, all right. That's like. What, what was that old line, D? You're from Alton. You know, uh, they closed the gate after the cow got out of the barn or whatever. No one ever <laughs> says that downstate. <laughs> Good guy. No, close the gate. Huh? You close the gate, the cow's out of the barn. You close off the lakefront. It's a crummy day. No one's going there anyway. I'm going to have to give like 101 lessons to the mayors of Chicago about people in Chicago. They don't go to the lakefront when it's miserable, and they do go when it's nice. So when it's nice, you gotta say, don't go to the lakefront. Oh, you go. You have warnings about absolutely everything. Every day, they have the health commissioner come out. Yeah, they would've thought, they'd say, hey, tomorrow's supposed to be nice. So there's something about the tone, yeah. you know, the big pictures. Hey, don't act like you're not winging it here, all right? We're all winging it. And that's the point. By the way, you should hear Dr. D on this subject. Every day I get an earful about oh, the no, mixed you don't. messages. No, you don't. But you're right. You're absolutely correct. No, but wait. As I say this, I have to. Here comes the train. Here comes the brown line running right. Is there anybody on it, D? I can't see. It's no. hard to tell. I don't think there's anybody on it. No. There's, there's a better. When we were uh, on the sidewalk and you could look right up at the train going by, I'm, I'm on the phone with Dennis. Go, Dennis, brown line going by and no one on it, okay? Uh, so. That there is a mixed message. Like, why are the trains still running, you know, like like it's a regular day in the city of Chicago, you know? Why do we have an election in the middle uh, of the outbreak while we're telling people stay at home, okay? Uh, all these guys. Why are we continuing the construction project of 78? You know, it's not, 
well, first of all, I would argue it's not needed at all. It's a, a waste of money, but whatever. You know, the city of Chicago thought it in its infinite wisdom. They wanted to spend their property tax dollars on the construction problem project. Why are we continuing that? We talked about that uh, yesterday with Lorreen Targos. Why are they continuing that project? So all kinds of mixed messages are being sent out all the time. I just find it irritating that the mayor made such a big deal, like Chicagoans did something wrong and she has to sternly step in and correct our misbehavior. And she's got exhibit A, the photograph. She holds up the photograph. Here they are. <laughs> on the lakefront on a nice day. Oh, like I needed a photograph to know that Chicagoans are going to the lakefront on a nice day? I don't know. This is a tough thing. We're all facing this together. We're all trying to do the right thing. Some of us stumble. Some of us are really bad at it. I think Donald, I think we'll all agree, uh, Mayor Lightfoot, you and I will be total agreement that Donald Trump is an abomination as a president anyway, but particularly at this time of need. Talk about mixed messages Good God, every day he babbles out something different than what he said the day before. Now he's getting ventilator gate with uh, fighting with the mayor of New York, the governor of New York. First he said they don't need more ventilators. Now he's saying they do need more ventilators. Uh, just get him the ventilators. You're the president. So I think we can all agree, Mayor Lightfoot, that Donald Trump has been an abomination as a president. I think we all agree that you and Governor Pritzker, we're going to get into this a little later, are do, you're trying your best under very difficult circumstances, but come on, k k kill the tone. You know, you guys dropped the ball as much as Chicago did. You guys did not close down the parks knowing that it was gonna be a sunny day. At the very least, you didn't prohibit people from driving to the lakefront parks. It would've cut down the number of people there. I'm gonna tell you something else about Chicagoans, uh, Mayor Lightfoot, just between you and me. They're lazy, yeah. I mean, they, it's funny, the Chicagoans, they'll go to the park and run, and they'll go to the park and they'll be on their little uh, rollerblades, right? And they'll go in the park and play uh, soccer, but they won't, they have to drive there. They won't walk there. I'm looking, I'm getting in my car. It's something else about Chicagoans. So if you limit access of cars to the parks, you would have cut down the number of people. In the park. Hey, hey, man, I should be running the city, huh, D? No. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a good idea. Anyway. A little humility every now and then on everybody's part. We don't know, nobody knows everything. Even I don't know everything. But I do know this, when it's a nice day, Chicagoans go to the park. We got a great show. Yes, indeed, Ramana Hussein. She's got a lot to say about Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was talking to Ramana. She was pretty funny on the phone Oh, today. I know what she's going to be talking about. Yes, indeed. Oh, boy. Uh, Tracy Bain from the Chicago Reader will be on as well. She's going to do a couple riffs or two about uh, Donald Trump and promote the Reader's Coloring Book. And then the Heartland Mamas uh, will be coming live from the boonies. Heartland Mamas. Don't call it the boonies. At the yeah, come on. Uh, Only we can say that. When we're from the boonies, we can say boonies. Uh, Heidi Henry and Murray Brill, the Heartland Mamas, they got a lot to say about the coronavirus impact on rural areas and uh, how it's easy to overlook the impact on rural areas, particularly since uh, many of the politicians in these areas are pretending like it's not going to impact them. God, I'm thinking about the insane governor of Mississippi. Oh, God, the Republican Party, you got to start looking in the mirror, really, big time. Some of the people that you've elected as your leaders are disgraceful. Anyway, the Heartland Mamas uh, love talking politics with the Heartland Mamas. Heidi Henry and Murray Briel, they'll be here as well. But before we do any of that, pride and joy of Alton. The man they call the doctor with the news. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Happy Friday. <laughs>
I'm Dennis. What? What's so funny? <laughs> Nothing. I just love him in your hood. Not really a doctor. Oh, by the way, people, don't be surprised. Not even a pandemic won't stop Ben Jarofsky from being Ben Jarofsky. That riff there, buddy. <laughs> Good Lord. Come on, man. I'm sorry. Chicagoans, you know, it's nice. We're going to go to the lakefront. But the, come on. Look at this. This is Lori Lightfoot with the picture. The only like, show with that take. I can guarantee that. I know. Look at, look at, look at the picture. She's holding up the look. The state exhibit A. People at the park. <laughs> Please. Look, look at. This. She's got the picture up. Uh, Chicagoans. I got uh, proof. You were at the park yesterday. Duh. <laughs> Sorry, man. Come well, on now. All right. Uh, so uh, let's talk here. Um, live stream chat room. What's going on? Tell us what's on your mind. And uh, downloaders. Hey. We don't show you guys enough love. I was realizing that the other day. We appreciate every single one of you uh, going through the effort of finding, downloading, and listening to these shows, especially during these, quite frankly, insane times. Three weeks ago, if someone were to tell me that my future would entail drinking coffee out of a Prince mug, <laughs> look at that. Ben, ben, that's a Prince mug. I know. Don't you Where'd remember? you get this from? You don't remember? I did a riff on that. Oh, that was when we were on... Uh, oh yeah we were fired oh yeah before i got fired remember i i went to los angeles and there's a store kaleidoscope love you kaleidoscope uh and they sell prince mugs and flasks i had the prince flask remember that one too i uh, love prince do you have prince d yeah prince is cool oh man no but seriously three weeks ago if you were someone to tell me my future would entail drinking coffee out of a prince mug producing a podcast in ben Jarofsky's attic well i <laughs> would have laughed right in their face but here we are and uh, to all who download, seriously, we thank you. Uh, watching our numbers grow in the last year has really motivated us to keep going. Now, keep downloading or at least tell a friend about the show so maybe they will download if you ever stop for a little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, ben, before we talk more local news, we have to mention this weekend's Benny J bonus interviews. Every weekend at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites or wherever else you download your favorite podcast, we post exclusive, never-before-heard Ben Jarofsky interviews. Here's this weekend's lineup. On Saturday, Ben gets his NBA <laughs> fix. It's yeah, Chicago man. Sun-Times Bulls basketball writer Joe Cowley. Ben, tell everybody about that. Interview. All right, now listen. I know many of you out there listening to this right now are, are not sports fans. You're not basketball fans. You're not Bulls fans. And so just the thought of me uh, talking basketball with Joe Cowley is not going to really motivate you to listen. So I understand that. But keep this in mind. Uh, there's no sports. I'm a huge sports fan. There's no basketball. My beloved basketball season has been taken away from me. One of the ways in which I cope with the madness in the world has been denied me. So I'm going through a little bit of withdrawal. I admit that. Uh, so I just I just had to do it. And Joe Colley, I think Joe Colley is the best beat writer, uh, basketball beat writer in this country. I read a lot of basketball. He, he writes for my beloved Bright One, the Chicago Sun-Times. And he's been on the show before. And, then, and he, we get pretty good hits from him. There are some basketball fans out there. So I just loved calling him up, and we did a deep dive on the state of the Bulls. He was going in and on about Gar Foreman, a name that I know my listeners out here right now have no idea what I'm talking about. But for you basketball junkies, uh, this is a fix that we uh, we all need. So great uh, conversation with Joe Colley about the NBA, the Bulls, Zach Levine, Gar Foreman, all that good stuff. Uh, by the way, it was a Prince flask that you brought into the uh, studio. This is a mug. Yeah, no, I, when I bought the flask, I bought the mug. Um, little in love with Prince. I make that confession right now. I love Prince. Sorry to embarrass you. Okay, yes. on Sunday, it's the long-awaited Ben Jarofsky show return of that guy who was a former Jeopardy contestant. You guys remember him, right? It's Neil Muhammad. Um, Neil Muhammad, pound for pound, is one of the smartest 
and most uh, astute political observers I've met. He ran for Congress in the 16th Congressional. I was just talking about this with Marie Briel while we were prepping the show, one of the Heartland Mamas. And doing uh, political interviews like I do, I meet a lot of candidates who lose. And what I've discovered, I'm not holding, I'm just going to make this observation. In many cases, some of the smartest candidates are the ones who lose. I, 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 I'm not trying to denigrate the voters of Illinois and Chicago, although I think I just did when I said reelecting Mayor Rahm was even dumber than playing soccer in the middle of a, coronas, a coronavirus epidemic. But um, uh, Neil Muhammad lost in the, the congressional race in 2018. He was running in the 16th district of Democratic primary, and I got to know him through that. And I, I just love talking politics. The guy is so smart so well read he puts together all just like all the pieces of the puzzle he does this in a calm reasonable measured uh, manner and so we took part the coronavirus uh, uh, pandemic he talked about it from a health perspective we talked about the political implications of it we talked about donald trump's reaction we talked about the politics of donald trump's reaction like what kinds of messages donald trump was trying to send when he did things like saying uh every th the churches will be open for easter they'll be packed uh, so, Neil Muhammad, very astute observer of politics, and uh, folks, I think you're really going to enjoy that. That goes on Sunday, correct, Dean? Sunday morning, it's Neil Muhammad, and yes, he's smarter than both of us put together. <laughs> he's a great guy, though, and he, he's he's humble. Okay, Lori, you can learn something from Neil Muhammad. He's really smart. Lori Lightfoot's really smart, too, okay? But uh, he's humble about it, so great guy, Neil Muhammad. And he's going to be a... Uh, He's on the, going to be on the DeKalb uh, County Board. So congratulations, Neil Muhammad. Uh, he is going to be in the DeKalb County Board. And finally, on Monday, I'm going to put together our local news segments from the week for our Oh, What a Week It Was special. A great segment, by the way, uh, that you can send to that friend I was talking about earlier. Yes, and one last thing. Um, <clears throat> we're going to do an interview with Mary Wisniewski from the Chicago Tribune. She is the uh, she covers pub uh, public transportation for the Tribune, so we might get in a little conversation about uh, transit in this age of the coronavirus. But mainly we're going to be talking about, we're going to do the deep dive on Nelson Algren, the great Chicago writer Mary Wisniewski, in addition to being a beat writer for the Tribune and a union activist at the Tribune, might talk a little union stuff with her, uh, is a... Uh, she wrote a biography of Nelson Algren. It's uh, Algren's birthday now. Great Chicago writer. And uh, we're going to have a little fun talking about how some of the stuff Nelson Algren wrote way back when applies to Chicago now in the age of the pandemic. So we haven't done that interview yet, Dee, but I'm looking forward to it. So that's this weekend's lineup. Go download them as soon as they become available at both Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites and wherever else you download your favorite podcast. Tell your friends. And if you're still bored at home and still looking for more content after powering through those bonus shows, comb through our archives. There's hundreds and, dare I say, damn near a 1,000 shows and interviews to listen to. And Tuesday, we'll be back with the regular Ben Jarofsky show. That's correct. <laughs> All right, now let's keep talking. What? So <laughs> Mueller. funny. Mueller just I missed my book, my Mueller report. You know, I left it at the Sun-Times studio, D. Uh, my Mueller report. Every now and then I like to take the deep dive, you know. All right, now let's uh, keep talking the local news here. You heard how the mayor's handling things from Ben. <laughs> now what about our Illinois governor? Yeah, and if you can't guess what J.B. Pritzker is doing today, or every day for the time being, you're going to need to catch up, all right? He's given his daily COVID-19 public briefing on what the hell the game plan is for the state of <laughs> Illinois. Turns out, federally, that's a roll of the dice. No one knows. But the governor has been busting his buns, and today is more of the same. The 
following comes from Shia Kapos and Illinois Politico. Can't say it enough for a daily briefing on Illinois news. Subscribe to Illinois Politico. Uh, Illinois Politico writes, while some governors complain that the federal COVID-19 stimulus package didn't do enough to help states fix their bottom line, Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker was uh, a little more accepting towards it. He says, quote, it's progress. Uh, and he also says, let's recognize a win when we see one. Uh, does more need to be done? Yes. Pritzker done his fair share of complaining about the White House being slow in responding to states' needs to handle the coronavirus. So Thursday, the governor was focusing on his own financial aid package. J.B. Pritzker has started the Illinois COVID-19 Response Fund to support nonprofits and other groups that work with, quote, those hit hardest by COVID-19, providing emergency food and basic supplies, interim housing, health care services, assisting with utility costs, and supporting children and families. We had a quote from Pritzker here. Pritzker said, quote, it is so often the case for Illinoisans, for all Americans, that during our darkest days, we live our finest hours. Pritzker enlisted his sister, former Commerce Secretary Penny Pritzker, to build the fund and to show their commitment to the effort. The governor and his wife, MK, have given $2 million to it, and their family foundation gave an additional $2 million. And Penny and her civic leader husband, Brian Traubert, donated $1.5 million to the effort as well. Well, that's great that uh, they're doing that. And I just want to comment a little bit about how uh, the opening of your remarks, the, uh, the this is kind of like the good cop, bad cop situation that governors and mayors find themselves in when dealing with the president of the United States in this moment of crisis. Uh, Pritzker was complaining about the ineptitude of Donald Trump about a week ago, wasn't it, D? I forget how many days. He got into a Twitter war with him, and yep. then Trump made a phone call. Uh, and then now now everybody's nice. We talked about this yesterday. Um, the fear that people have of saying the wrong thing with Donald Trump will lead to a Twitter outburst. Uh, the, Dr. Fauci, they, like, do, has he been exiled from the, the press briefing because he, he was like put his hands over his face on something Trump said? I mean, Donald Trump, clearly is very thin-skinned and he's a child he acts like a child uh in these moments and so you know governors <clears throat> are always trying to figure out how to maneuver around him and the reality is this uh illinois needs right now are not as great as new york's it could get to that point i just saw in the paper that the uh the feds have identified cook county as a hot spot that that could be uh many more patients in the hospitals train going by oh, anyone in it no <laughs> uh so the hospitals could be flooded with all kinds of patients so we could be experiencing some of the same uh, horrors that new york has experienced and so the frustration level that andrew cuomo governor of new york is facing or bill de blasio mayor of new york are facing is maybe more intense than what pritzker is facing so it's not like oh you know, they're complaining, so they're bad people. And Pritzker's getting along, so he's a good person. I just, I, I find that a little difficult to take. Sometimes you have to speak up for your state, you have to speak up for your city, and you can't be afraid if you offend the president of the United States. Uh, Donald Trump has, by the way, he feels no restraint on attacking anybody that he disagrees with or that he thinks is threatening him. And so sometimes you have to stand up to a bully to get what you need. In this particular case, that's what Cuomo and de Blasio have felt they had to do. Uh, they have a shortage of ventilators in New York City. What, and Donald Trump's all over the map on that story. I don't know if you guys are following that. It's not Chicago story. It's a New York story. Uh, so 
you know, this whole thing about, well, he got was mad at him and now they get along. I, I just, I, these narratives I find very irritating, almost as irritating as Lori Lightfoot being irritated at Chicagoans. <laughs> it was a nice day and they went to the parks. Damn you, Chicagoans. And I have the proof. Remember, she held up the... Anyway. A soccer ball. <laughs> Look at Exhibit A. Exhibit. <laughs> All right. Oh, and I forgot. Every time the brown light goes by, we're supposed to take a toke. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, All right. <laughs> let's find out some more uh, about uh, the Illinois COVID-19 response fund. Here's what Illinois gets. All right. Listen up. The $2 trillion federal COVID-19 relief package still needs house approval before Illinoisans will see those checks in the mail. Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Oh, Ben, try to hold your excitement. We got to <laughs> uh, read the news here. Uh, <laughs> Speaker Nancy Pelosi and House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy are hoping that the bill can pass today. Exact time to be determined on a voice vote, which would allow the chamber to send it to President Donald Trump without summoning a quorum of lawmakers to D.C. Maybe it goes off without a hitch, but it's Congress, so you never know. Once it eventually passes, Senators Dick Durbin and Tammy Duckworth say Illinois will see plenty more than checks. As far as hospitals, it says Illinois is projected to be eligible for, quote, billions of dollars of emergency funding for health providers and facilities. As far as the state fiscal stabilization fund, Illinois will receive an estimated $5 billion Billion dollars, yes, that's billion with a B <laughs> in direct federal funding under the program. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, $16 million for the Illinois Department of Public Health, and an additional $9 million for the Chicago Department of Public Health. As far as airport assistance, uh, $10 billion in increased grants to help Illinois airports operate uh, amid the largest air travel downturn in history. Uh, when it comes to relief for transit agencies, it's says $25 billion in federal transit formula funding to keep public transit operating throughout Illinois in order to ensure continued access to jobs. Thank God. We need our third uh, reoccurring character, the Brown Line, on the program, so <laughs> here to stay. Uh, it says here, Illinois transit agencies will receive an estimated $1.6 billion in federal transit funding, including $800 million for the CTA, over $400 million for Metra, and over $100 million for PACE. Uh, as far as air maintenance and suppliers, $25 billion in loans for the air maintenance industry. This would apply to AAR Corp., which has facilities in Rockford and Wooddale. Uh, relief for Amtrak and State 209 Partners. It says more than $1 billion in funding for Amtrak, including $239 million. State-supported routes will cover Illinois Amtrak costs. As far as election assistance, we got $13.9 million for Illinois to increase the ability to vote by mail, mm. expand early voting and online registration, and provide additional in-person in voting facilities and more poll workers. Uh, as far as law enforcement, law enforcement plans includes $31.9 million in burn jag grant program funding for illinois law enforcement to buy personal protective equipment and finally firefighters illinois fire departments can apply for grants to buy personal protective equipment yeah there's money uh, coming to illinois and chicago now by the way d uh this broke after uh, we came on the air i believe the house has passed the measure uh, there, there is a representative, a congressman, uh, Thomas Massey from Kentucky, a Republican, who forced a vote. Uh, he, he forced the, the House to have a quorum. This, these are the, the details that are emerging as we went on the air. Uh, and Trump's really mad at him. 
And because, I mean, it was a symbolic move by Massey. He didn't have the votes to kill the bill. It was going to pass without, uh, you know, regardless. So they probably did. He put them through uh, a, a rigorous challenge to get that quorum that was unnecessary. And that even Trump, this, this may be the one of the few times that I'm almost in agreement with Trump. Uh, he was really mad at Thomas Massey. So I believe it's already passed uh, the House. And um, yeah, it's it's... I guess this goes without saying. I'm saying anyway. It's uh, it's needed, but I <laughs> there's a lot of expenditures that Chicago and Illinois have needed f- for a long time that have we've not been getting from the federal government in the age of Donald Trump. Uh, critical issues dealing with education and transportation and uh, uh, God, just public health across the board. And it's a damn shame that it takes uh, a pandemic to get the get some money, get some. Uh, um, assistance from the feds but uh, i welcome it of course shout out to our friend brianna on the live stream chat she says oh my god a prince flask and mug what a <laughs> prince freak well she said fanatic but yeah no i am a i i love prince and uh, yeah the flask was great by the way d i don't know I, I didn't tell you this but um uh speaking of uh the flask and uh how i used it as a bit on the old radio show the one i had before i got fired this is our third year anniversary of me talking in front of a microphone. Oh, oh yeah. my God. March 27th. It yeah. is. <laughs> Holy cow. Usually I remember that. I just remembered it when I wrote out the, the you know, it's March 27th. I always start uh, when, when I'm writing out my ah. bits, uh, March 27th. Uh, yeah. So anyway, happy anniversary. When a brand new Ben Jarofsky was, <laughs> I was pretty nervous. You were pretty nervous there in the beginning. You figured it out. Nervous, cool and calm, man. I was cool. And calm. I just didn't know what I was doing. Okay. What that do you, was, what do you, what do you do? I'm like, just talk. I got the rest of it, please. Uh, yeah. No, they go, they called me in. Oh, <laughs> Yoda. He called me in. He goes, oh, and that's my Yoda imitation. That's the end of the Yoda imitation. That's awful. Uh, oh, let's hear your Yoda imitation. Oh, uh, Ben. <laughs> it's, it's much better. Much better. Oh, God. Anyway, Yoda called me in. He said, all right. Now, so here's where you just talk. I'm like, talk? Just talk? Because it's a weird concept if you haven't done it before. You know, the notion, just sit there and talk. Um, anyway, so that was three years ago, and I looked at the microphone. I had a talk for five minutes. I was immediately call Jacob Kaplan. Let's get someone in the, on the air. Remember J.K. first guest, right? Oh no, Karen Lewis was our first guest. Yeah, yeah. You try to forget about that. Oh my God, Karen Lewis, my dear friend Karen Lewis was our first guest, uh, Chicago Teacher Union president. <laughs> Here I am, a rookie, on the air, first time, and the phone connection doesn't work, uh, and I'm like. Ha, haba, haba. Well, get ready. You may have that uh, feeling all over again because coming up, we're going to have a phone call interview with Ramana Hussein. Will she answer? I don't know. Will Ben freak out? Probably. Stick around to find out. It's the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from Ben's attic. I just biked around Lake Michigan. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show, live from Ben's house. 
We are getting so good at this technology stuff. I got <laughs> Don't jinx it. <laughs> Ramana Hussein, every Friday at the Ben Jarofsky Show, the Ramana Rundown, and I'm looking at her on our Facebook connection. Can you hear me, Ramana? Yeah, I can hear you. Loud and clear. Can we just take a moment to appreciate Dr. D? He's the guy who has to make these phone calls. Yeah. Every phone call, Ramana, is that moment of panic. Will this go through? Will it work? And you know what? Here we are. Uh, so, um, yeah, Friday. Uh, how you handle it, Romana? Losing your mind yet? Um, it's good. It's casual Friday, so I'm in my pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> Every day is casual at Friday. Tuesday. I know. I know. I, I'm totally wearing my pajamas when I can or workout clothes. I'm so- not dressed professionally. Uh, so are you enjoying it? I mean, I know at first you were saying, oh, you like to, you're, you're an extrovert. You like to be with other people uh, in a, uh, work environment, an office environment. Are you really getting into, uh, working out at home? No, I don't like it that much. The best part is just waking up and just rolling out of bed and going to work. But, um, I don't like it that much. I, I kind of miss talking to people and just walking around and just having the communication and, and given the business that we're in. We all have to talk to each other. And especially, you know, we're not working in a publication that just, you know, goes out once a week. This is something that's every day. So it's just a lot of, you know, I got to keep track of my Slack messages, my emails, you know, my phone. And, you know, I got to keep track of all the reporters and all the different things that are happening. So it's tricky. I don't like it that much. I don't know if I could work at home all the time. Yeah. Ben loves Slack. I don't do it, but. <laughs> That's not true. Uh, <laughs> slack. Dennis said Ben loves Slack. And, uh, yeah. Well, it's a generational thing. All the younger people at our work use Slack, and the older people use email. And I kind of do both, but there's some people who don't check Slack. There's some people who don't check email. So it's like when you have one message, you have to tell, like, to go on every single device yeah. or every single sort of, uh, this out there it's kind of crazy but it's fine i'm surviving yeah all right i'm I'm happy to hear that and i'm going to avoid a dissertation on slack because it's not worth it uh instead let's take a dissertation on your very funny column uh and you talked about it last week because it's on online uh speaking of old timers uh i it's not real unless it's in the paper and i I texted you when was it tuesday or wednesday i sent you a a picture of your column as it was tuesday and i go now it's real okay now it's a real thing because it's in a newspaper and i read it uh very funny piece ramana hussein has got this thing about gwyneth paltrow we'll get into that in a little bit uh (laughs) our live stream chat room is actually uh they've asked her about the gwyneth paltrow yeah we're gonna have to deal with the gwyneth paltrow Paltrow thing because she's got a couple funny lines in there all right so uh it you you did a column about um a low tie now explain to people what the low tie is and what your column was all about go ahead yeah, I know. Even though I talked about this last week, I'll re, um, reiterate or emphasize now that Ben read it. Um, basically, alota is what every most Indian people have in their households, uh, right next to the toilet. It's and basically, I don't want to go into too much detail as I said in my column, but we use the water to clean ourselves when we go to the bathroom. So we do use toilet paper, but it's mostly for drying. And so um, people who come from cultures like that are like Middle Eastern, uh, South Asian, even Asian cultures. They all have this version of this. And the reason I got that idea is because 
to write this column is because a lot of Indian people on or in South Asian people on Twitter and other cultures, um, it's very common in the Muslim cultures too, any culture that comes from like the Muslim community, which is a big diaspora. Um, everybody was making jokes about, you know, Americans and other places grabbing toilet paper. They're like, just use a lota. And then, and then I started laughing because, um, you know, some kids I went to high school with who were Filipino, one guy had a picture of something they use, which is similar to the Lorda, it's called a Thabo. And he basically said, uh, I, he had a picture of the Thabo and he said, I'm ready. And I'm like, wait, is that what I think it is? And then it kind of started a discussion. So then I kind of had an idea. I'm like, I could write something about it. And my editor wasn't sure how I was going to write it because it's, you know, obviously something that could be, you know, I wanted to be tasteful. He's like, how are you going to keep this tasteful? And I, I think I did. I, I wanted to, I wanted to kind of make jokes about it because, we don't understand, like, you know, a lot of people in Europe, you know, the more modern version is the bidet or the hand sprays, and you see in Europe a lot, but we see, we, I don't know, a lot of people who are South Asian or anybody else who's kind of use these um, devices, you want to call them, they're not, I don't know if they're devices, they just don't get why Americans haven't caught on to this. And so my joke was, I'm sure, you know, because everybody always catches on to Indian things, and then they call it something else. And then all the Indians are like, we've been doing this for like a thousand <laughs> years. So I, I, that's why I took a crack at Gwyneth Paltrow, because she thinks that she invented yoga and got people to like yoga when Indians have been doing it for millions, thousands of years. So uh, it just kind of makes us laugh. All right. Well, uh, on a regular basis on this show, uh, Ramana <laughs> managed to take a swipe at Gwyneth Paltrow. She did it in a column. Uh, so... Before I move on to the latest Gwyneth Paltrow uh, reference I saw, which was in a New York Times story, uh, what is it exactly about Gwyneth Paltrow that sort of tickles your fancy, uh, that gives you sort of devilish I delight? Don't, I don't know if it tickles my fancy. I think, I think a lot of women, a lot of people who follow pop culture just find her like very pretentious and... Um, annoying because she um you know she has this website called goop and it's a lifestyle brand and she basically is very out of touch because she sells things that are like i mean people buy into her stuff i mean it's a big business and she'll have things that are like very quackery like why would you do that like she tells women to put jade stones into into the in their vaginas and uh, she has a candle by the way that just came out um it's on it's actually a waiting list it's a 75 dollar candle that apparently smells like her vagina but some people said that she did that as a joke because she knows everybody makes fun of her. So she always says, she, you have to read her interview. She says things that are very, very um, just tone deaf. And she's just, it's just fun to make fun of. So most women make fun of one of Paltrow. I don't know if men know anything about this kind of things that she does and says, but we love making fun of her. So I had to take a crack at her because I know she'll do something like this. Well, I, I have to admit, you know. until uh, we started having these conversations, I, you're right. I had never thought about Gwyneth Paltrow, and I'm still have struggling to, to come conjure an image of her. I don't think I could pull, pull her out of a lineup uh, of other actresses. I'm just not that familiar with her. Uh, but it's just so funny. Yeah, I mean, she's, she's, she's a good actress. I'm not going to say that. I do like some of her movies, but she's very, she's very like, I don't know. The, I guess the funny thing is like she's very waspy and generic looking. I'm sorry. I mean, she's pretty, but she's just very like, waspy looking and just like everything every stereotype that you can think of with someone that looks like her it's just like she does so 
it's funny. Yeah. I mean, I'll send you like articles about her. I mean, she has like conferences about, you know, her goop and like and people come to her conferences. But I, someone sent me a link actually after I did that story, a guy in the copy desk sent me one of his favorite articles about her. And it's a New York, New York Post article about a conference he had where she didn't show up at any of the events. And, you know, everybody's waiting to see her. And this woman's like, I lost faith in God because I had so much faith in her. And I'm like, oh, my God. So people paid like $6,000 to go to this conference where they told you to do basic things that I could tell you to do. Like healthy <laughs> exercise. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, Dennis just put, pulled up a picture of her on the uh, Internet for me to see. And I have to tell you, it, it just doesn't ring a bell. Uh, she looks like a lot of actresses. And then it was funny because now since we've been doing this, Whenever I see her in the newspaper, I'm like, oh, my God, i got to share this with Romana. So Thursday's New York Times, I sent you this article. Uh, Thursday's yeah. the, the soothsayer of solo sex. Finally, a topic I know something about, solo sex. <laughs> uh, Dennis loved that. I'd oh, use why that. not call it masturbation? That's pretentious in itself. I, now, I know. It's the New York Times. They won't call it masturbation. It's solo sex. Uh, and there's – so um, – Betsy Betty Dotson is her name, and I'm showing. I know there's some people out there going, Ben, you never heard of Betty Dotson? Oh my God, you're so ignorant. I mean, there's people going, Ben, you never heard of Gwyneth Paltrow? <laughs> no, I've heard of her. Yeah, I'm, that let's is just true. get straight. I've heard of I, I've heard of Gwyneth Paltrow. Okay, I just could not pick her out of a lineup. All right, that's just could not do that. All right, but uh, Betty Dotson, she's author of Sex for One, a groundbreaking uh, 1987 primer on female masturbation. And she's energetically promoting her self-positive feminist ideas for women over the decades. And the opening line is, what does it take to make Gwyneth Paltrow blush? Not much more, it turns out, than some explicit coaching on how to tone her pelvic floor. Her instructor, her instructor Betty Dotson, the fine artist turned sex educator and evangelist for female self-stimulation, was preaching the benefits of the Kegel-like exercise that Dotson maintains can help trigger an orgasm. And I'm like, man, this is in the New York Times, Romana. My poor beloved reader, we were doing articles like this 40 years ago. How are we going to survive in this new environment when the New York Times is writing articles about masturbation? I don't know. But, you know, you can see this stuff on Netflix. She has a series on Netflix. It's a lot of, like, me and a lot of women in the newsroom, we're all laughing about it. So <laughs> it's something very common that a lot of women who follow celebrity, celebrities, they, we like making fun of Gwyneth Paltrow. It's a very common thing. So many articles have been written about that. But she's been sued, too, because people say that she's kind of selling, like, this, like, fake magic potion you know and then and so a lot of a lot of the stuff that she sells isn't really real or you know but sometimes it's so like out of out of touch for the average person like she'll be like oh this is a barbecue that you need and, and it'll be like this grill for like a million dollars twenty thousand dollars to be more realistic yeah no the candle the 75 dollar candle that smells like my vagina that's i think that's what it's called this smells like yeah my vagina. i never that's thought you would be talking about this one today Benny. <laughs> are you saying that? no but i mean well I'm like $75. There's a sucker born every minute, yeah. Romana. Good God. But, but it's not, it's on a wait list. You have to wait for that. Uh, are you, so uh, you, do you have your order in? No. Okay. I would never buy anything like that. I would never buy anything from Gwyneth Paltrow. All right. Uh, let's move on to more serious topics. Although this one is a okay. lot of fun to talk about. Uh, so uh, you live on the lakefront. You you jog along the lakefront all the time. Uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot thought it was important to close the lakefront. I can't argue with her on that point. I have some objections to the tone she took 
in doing it. What's your thoughts about all this? Well, I understand why she did it. I can tell you that um, this was on Wednesday, right, when the weather was really good? Yes. And so everybody went out. I actually went out to walk. And I don't know if people were intentionally trying to, like, mingle, but it's just that there were so many people out there. So, so many people out there, and there were people socializing. I think if people feel like they're cooped up and so they like once the weather was nice they went out i can tell you that i went up running today that's why i still have wet hair um i went running this morning and i did run a little on the lakefront but 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 <laughs> i i they didn't they don't have to barricade by us in rogers park i think it's south of on the bike path because yesterday my husband mick Dumkey from ProPublica went out and he talked to some police officers and he said uh not around here, but you know, you just basically have to keep your distance. I understand why she did it, but I do feel bad for the people who are outside too. I mean, there's some people who are families that they're gathering, and it probably is hard. So it's like, on one hand, you understand why people want to get out because I totally feel like I'm in jail right now. Yeah. But on the other hand, you do have to keep a distance. And you know, there were some people who had dogs, and I think there was just like. Other people wanted to talk. So people were talking and they weren't six feet apart. I go outside by myself usually. I try to go out by myself or I'll take a walk with um, my husband. But that's about it. No, I uh, I talked about this yesterday. And I'm not, saying I'm, perfect. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I probably break the rules of social distancing. Well, you did violate the rule about running along the lakefront. And Dennis, correct. Dennis is calling Lori Lightfoot right now. <laughs> She's going to have a picture of you. Because that was a funny thing. She held up this picture, like Exhibit A, people on the lakefront. And like, uh, but, but my did you see the meme? Did you see the memes they had of Lori Lightfoot? Oh, my Lightfoot? God, yeah, like, they're <laughs> everywhere. They're <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> no, but come on, Ramona. What did she think was going to happen? It was a beautiful day. She should have been proactive you know what i mean you might have cut off the lake front the the, the, the day before when you knew it was going to be yeah, nice and I, think, and I think what made her job easier today and uh yesterday and today was that it was really gloomy outside so nobody's really outside oh. and the people who are outside they're so far away from each other all right now before we leave this topic behind i have to get you uh to weigh in on the perhaps one of the most interesting aspects of it uh, Mark Brown, distinguished columnist for the Chicago Sun-Times, wrote an outstanding column. We gave him a lot of credit yesterday about people using the lakefront. And in that column, he talked about how he uses the lakefront and that he frequently runs up and down Cricket Hill, which is a hill at Montrose in the lakefront. Mark Brown says he runs up and down Cricket Hill as much as 15 times. And I just had to say, in my role as commentator, and as investigative journalists, that I doubted that Mark Brown ran up down that hill 15 times. And I can't wait. He might have. He might have. He might have done a slow jog. Maybe a slow jog. <laughs> or a walk, slow jog. <laughs> or it could have been, you know, uh, compiled over a course of time. So it could have been like 15 times <laughs> over a course of three months. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But I. I can see him doing it a couple of times. I don't know. He probably slowed down. <laughs> well, here's what we're going to do. When this turns nice, God willing, this this virus passes, we're going to take Mark Brown to the lakefront, uh, and we'll film it. We'll see how many times he could do that. We're hell. not getting invited back to the building <laughs> after this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ben, leave. Uh, all right. Yeah, so uh, that, enough on Mark Brown. I love teasing Mark Brown about that. Um there was uh, also uh, some stories coming out of uh, India 
uh, Ramana, I'd love to get your thoughts on uh, the President Modi there. Um, wow. In some ways, he reminds me so much of Donald Trump. And uh, oh, yeah, totally. he, talk about his impulsiveness. Talk about this. Well, I think it was Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday or earlier this week. Uh, it was, I think it was around 10 or 11 o'clock when I got the alert um, that uh, India, he's asking Indians to stay inside for 21 days. And uh, this was, I think it only gave Indian people four hours to go inside their homes. Now, India is a huge country. Um, I think there's over a billion people there for now, the latest count. I think it might be the most populated country after, um, I think, more than China now at this point. Um, there are a lot of people who are impoverished. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, where are they going to go? There's no home. And so I've been reading a lot of articles about how a lot of poor labor, because train systems stop. They don't know how to get home. So they're kind of sitting outside of articles that said that, you know, we'll probably die from poverty before we die of coronavirus. So it's an interesting time. I was talking to a relative of mine yesterday, she's a daughter of a cousin, and she told me that they are still able to go outside to get food. But she said very few people are going out at one time. And, and kind of like similar to what's happening here, people aren't listening. And uh, the police officers over there, they have the stick. <laughs> I was telling my husband about it. I was like, oh, I they're really going to hit people because it's, they're called a lucky. And it's like a stick. It's kind of like a bamboo looking stick and I was like oh they're gonna totally use that on people of course he was telling me that they did, they're using that on people and I've seen video too and then it gets a little absurd too I've seen videos um when we were little kids in India I mean not in India I was born here but my parents are were in, are from India so there's this punishment um when you'd get in trouble your parents would tell you to hold your ears and squat and so they're making people do that. I saw some videos of them making people do that. My parents made me do that maybe only once. <laughs> Probably rather hit me with a slipper. But every Indian kid, anybody who's raised by an Indian immigrant parent in the United States knows what it is. So there's been videos of that where I'm just like, it's just cracking me up because I'm like, this is what they make little kids do when they're mad. So they're making them do the squat if they're catching people outside and so it's an interesting time there, too. I, I, I think they're able to go for groceries, um, but people are keeping an eye on it. And they said it's very – When I've been to India like nine or ten times in my life. Mm -hmm. I've never seen – you never see no people there. It's different than the United States. It's different than the West. You look outside the train, there's always just somebody, like, standing outside in a field or walking. So, But people, my cousins were telling me it's pretty, it's pretty quiet out there, too. Yeah, it seemed like uh, it was just this impulsive decision by the pre president just to say, all right, <clears throat> I'm going to confront this right now, having not confronted it uh, at all yeah. previous to that. That's what reminds me of Trump, where this is, this is not a problem. This is a problem. Uh, and then, of course, yeah. he's not quite sure if it really is a problem. Uh, and, but it's a, a country with so many more people. It, it's, I mean, yeah, you can kind of, I kind of laugh at it, but at the same time, it's very frightening and scary you know no it is it is very frightening they're actually um my relatives are worried about us you know how we're doing like a lot of people are doing face calls and my relatives are calling us and they're like we're hearing it's terrible in america and i was like yeah our numbers are pretty high and they're you know they're that's why they're worried they're like how bad is it and, and you know they're doing the same thing you know the professionals in my family they're working from home but they're actually more worried about us i can tell you that in india my cousin said that they heard it's really bad and United States. I don't know if you saw on Twitter yesterday, but we're number one in USA. USA, yeah. we're trending. 
because of how Americans always want to be number one, but we have the largest number of uh, coronavirus, yeah. positive uh, coronavirus results. Yeah, no, I like I said, uh, we have our mixed messages uh, in this country. As I say this, the train is going by completely empty. The trains are still running and they're completely empty. So we're, we're sending out mixed messages. We have been sending out mixed messages. Our leaders have been sending out mixed messages from the get-go. That just exacerbates the problem. Uh, and then, you know, we have situations like yesterday in the park where Chicagoans just impulsively r r flock to the parks when it's nice uh, and then start engaging in games of soccer. So, yes, uh, we have some serious problems here uh, in America coming just coming to terms with what uh, it means to be in the middle of such a health crisis and what we have to do and people not wanting to acknowledge it. Ramana, not, I mean, I'm looking at you and Mick, you're dutifully staying at home and doing all the right things. You know, we're broadcasting from our attic, but let's face it, th there's lots of people just routinely violating uh, the protocols. So yeah, it's, um, it is a challenge. All right, to, before we let you go, Ramana's recommendations. Uh, you're cooped up, you're locked in. I gotta ask Ramana. Have, well, have I, you, gotta find, I, I gotta find. I was gonna ask, yeah, have, go you, have you watched that Tiger King that everyone's talking about? I was gonna say i was gonna say i have a lot of people have been recommending tiger king and i thought dennis would know about it maybe not you ben but i heard tiger king was <laughs> was good i haven't seen it yet i'm watching um high fidelity right now on, on hulu uh so that's what i'm watching right now because my husband wanted to watch it uh high fidelity yeah it's the uh the tv show rendition version of the um the movie starring john cusack and it was a book before that uh, yeah, Tiger King. The only thing I know about is that Dennis told me about it. He said I should. He yeah. really recommended it. And uh, Gary Owen, who's one of my favorite comics, uh, was recommending it on Instagram. So maybe I'll have to yeah, watch it. Yeah, it's supposed to be really. It's supposed to be really crazy. But anyway, the, I, I saw on TMZ yesterday the guy, the main guy who you know, the documentaries on. He got his teeth fixed. He had like no teeth, but he had he got a, a pair of. He got some teeth, but it, people say it's just really insane. It's crazy. It's like about this guy who owns tigers, and then there's a murder plot involved, and he has several husbands, and it, they say it's, it's insane. I may watch it tonight, uh, Tiger King. Uh, well, a little good news. He got his teeth fixed. And that's a prob probably a good point to end the conversation with some good news. The guy from Tiger King got his teeth <laughs> fixed. Romana, stay safe and smart. You and, too. Uh, uh, we'll be talking to you next week, all right? Okay. All right. That's the great Ramana Hussein, uh, Chicago Sun-Times editor, comes on the show every Friday, and she's uh, being a good sport coming on the show. you got to watch Tiger King, man. I I'm going to watch it. It's like nine white, trashy things mixed into one. <laughs> it's incredible. I will watch it. I, I think, am I really watching anything right now? I oh, shout out to Jay Marie. She says, uh, I can't believe Ben likes Gary Owen. Uh, Jay Marie, you have no idea. <laughs> Oh, Jay Marie. Oh, my God. I love Gary Owen. In fact, we call Dennis White Lightning, and I owe that to Gary Owen. Uh, Gary Owen had this bit he did on uh, Instagram where uh, he was talking about uh, the fastest high school runner in the, in the United States was a white kid from Texas, and uh, he called him White Lightning. And then it was funny because you know, Gary Owen's a comic. Uh, he's a white guy, but most of his audience, I think, are blacks, black people, right, D? He's very popular with black people. Yeah. And uh, so all these, like, Snoop Dogg was weighing in about how the kid, kid's not that fast and, you know, he's not really white. Like, anyway, uh, yeah, big fan of Gary Owen. Love Gary Owen. And um, 
He said, watch Tiger King. So Gary Owen says, watch him. I'm going to watch him. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment. Weekly concert listings. Weekly event listings. The environment. Travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader. Free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan.